You are now listening to Shades of Jay, the podcast, a podcast created to empower spiritual growth and build confidence for the everyday believer. This is also for the entrepreneurial Christian trying to find balance between business and kingdom, even for the non-believer with an open mind and hopes to becoming one. Being a follower of Christ's has its many stereotypes. We're here to break out of those religious boundaries without watering down the gospel. Join myself, Aaliyah J, and special guests every Wednesday as we start the conversation. Welcome to Shades of J. Hello, everybody. I am Aaliyah J, and you are now listening to Shades of J, the podcast. For those of you who are new here, welcome. And for those of you who have listened before, welcome back. I am extremely excited about today's episode, a little nervous, but also feeling very empowered by this message. I would like to think of this season as one of growth, and it's very ironic that we're currently in the literal spring season, like, you know, it's springtime, which means that everything's blooming and growing and, you know, people like to do their spring cleaning and it's just new and fresh. When I think of spring, that's what I think of. But personally for myself, um, the month of March and now we're in April has been a very trying season for me. Um, And so I felt like one thing, you know, people say it all the time, but when you experience it for yourself, it's, it just, it hits different. And what I'm talking about is the whole God is always on time. Um, And however that looks, however he comes, whether it be through confirmation, um, a person, a situation, a blessing, a lesson through his word, he is an on-time God. And thankfully, I, while struggling just with life right now, um, this word was, was brought to me, this study of what I, it was, it was revealed and I just thank God for that. And so today's message is help my unbelief. And I know I'm not the only one who struggles with faith. And so as it is written, we all know, and if you don't know, it is written in the word that faith without works is dead. And so I want us all to grab hold of that and really let that sink in. That faith without works is dead. And the first thing I want to go ahead and break down is you can have all the faith in the world But if you're not stirring up that faith, it means nothing. Or you can lack faith and do all the work in the world, but without the faith, it means nothing. And as I live and walk into my purpose or just my regular day-to-day life, I'm realizing that faith, God honors faith because faith is that thing that you can't see with a naked eye, you know? And I feel like for both believers and non-believers, the reason we struggle with hearing God or seeing what it is that he has for us is because we lack both relationship with him, but also the faith to see it through. And I personally feel like the reason that God honors faith is because it's, blindly walking into something with a hundred percent hope and a thousand percent confidence, irregardless of what your situation or circumstance or how you feel in that moment, uh, regardless of what it looks like, you are trusting God, what he has said, and you're moving in it. And that, that's hard. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm one of those people who just wakes up every day trusting God. As a matter of fact, um, I don't. You know, I've struggled with faith so much. And that is why I said that this word is such an on-time, or not word, but message. It's such an on-time message because just being honest with you guys, I myself struggle with faith. 
So the first word that I came across um, in studying faith was dunamis. And dunamis is a Greek word. Um, and it is a power, potential, or ability. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And the best illustration, although you can scour through the Bible, start to finish everything in between and see faith illustrated endlessly, right? But for me personally, one of the best stories in the Bible was the story regarding the woman with the issue of blood. Now, if you're familiar with that story, sit tight, because I also want to make sure for those who are not, we're all on the same page. But the story goes, and I'm just going to quickly break it down, of the woman with the issue of blood. It, there was a woman who struggled with the issue of blood for 12 years. And I sat back and I actually really thought about it. Because the thing with the Bible is you don't really get to see these people's day-to-day. -day. It gives you like a brief synopsis of what happened, what the consequence was, what God may have said, what they have, may have done. But you don't get to see these people's day-to-day. -day. And so with this woman, she had an issue of blood for 12 years. That's a decade plus two extra years added on top of that. And the issue of blood was her menstrual. Um, and personally, even though this may be TMI for some, just being on your menstrual for six days is horrible, right? So I couldn't even imagine having that issue for 12 years. And this issue was so out of this woman's control that she used and gave her last to figure out what exactly was wrong with her. And no matter what doctor, physician, whatever she saw, no one could figure out her problem. No one had an answer for her, right? And this woman's story is so, so powerful. It brought tears to my eyes reading it when it really penetrated me because we read the word, but it's when the word actually penetrates you because, you know, the word of God, it comes alive. I loved this story. This time around, I've read the story plenty of times, but this time when I was studying, I was like, wow, this, it, it's hitting different. And so let's go back to dunamis and I'll wrap and tie in this woman's story. So according to some, dunamis power is an inherent force. So the issue, the woman with the issue of blood, having that issue for 12 years, hears about Jesus coming through her city, right? And so she's, at this time, and I'm coming out of the book, um, this is Mark, we're starting at chapter five, and Jesus is going through the town, and of course, everybody hears about him. They hear about his signs, his wonders, his, his you know, powerful healing, just the great things that he has done that no one else has done, right? This woman, as just as everyone else, she hears about him coming through. And again, like I said, the woman had spent all that she had trying to find a cure, but nothing or no one was able to help. So what this woman does is she goes before Jesus, right? Now, before I get there, I want you guys to get an illustration. And we all, I want us all to imagine this in our mind, right? Imagine, imagine, imagine someone who, someone famous, okay? Now, I know, just follow me, no one compares to Jesus, whatsoever but just imagine someone famous coming through your city and everyone's running to the streets and they're trying to get to this person and there's just you know a huge crowd it's just loads and loads and loads of people right now this woman was people shunned her if you will she kind of had to isolate herself because people looked at her in disgust they knew who she was. They knew when they saw her, oh, that's the woman with the issue of blood, right? And so you have to understand that this was a woman who didn't even want to be around people because she already knew people felt ick about her. They were going to judge her. You know, she was almost like a stain on legs, right? And so when she hears about Jesus coming to where she lived, she knows that at first, it was her idea to go before Jesus, right, and actually speak with him face-to-face, -face, have a face-to-face -face conversation. And I'm actually going to directly read from the from 
her stories. So I'm coming out of the New King, King James Version, um, starting at Mark, and this is going to be chapter 5, starting at verse 25. And it reads, Now a certain woman had a flow of, of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was not no better, or and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now I'm going to stop right there. So we complain as people, you know, we have an issue, right? And again, this woman had an issue for 12 years, right? So we'll have a problem for a day, a week, five months, six months, and I'm not downing your issue, your problem, your oppression, whatever it is, it's bringing you down and allowing and, hold, and holding you back, right? I'm not going to take away from how you feel. You feel how you feel and you're entitled to feel that way. So I mean this with a pure heart and pure intent. But this woman's struggling for 12 years. Most of us in her shoes will just accept what it is that's holding us back, Right? We're not going to go, you know, we've tried, we've tried, we've been rejected. We've been told no. We've been told I don't know. We've been told there's no cure. We've been told it's it. You're beyond or past the point of saving, whether that be your health, whether that be your attitude, whether that be your finances, whatever it is, right? We've all felt the, the feeling of rejection just as this woman has, right? But what was really powerful to me with her is that when she heard that Jesus had come, obviously she saw the crowd of people, obviously knowing her issue and how people felt about her. It wasn't enough to stop her and hold her back. We have to be careful of stopping and, and allowing our circumstances to hold us back, right? Again, faith is walking by not what you see, rather. You get what I'm saying? You're not walking by sight, but you're 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 walking by solely just the belief and the power and the hope of trying to see through whatever it is you're going through. So to continue and pick up where I left off, this woman says, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. This woman was so tired. She was so fed up. She was so done. She was so beyond feeling broken, right? Or 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 just past the point of being tired. That she said, if I just touch his clothes, his cloth, not have a conversation with him, not hold his hand, not no, 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 not stop him and can he pray for me? But if I just touch his clothes, mind you. She's going based off of the things that she's heard by word of mouth, that there's this man and he's been performing these great signs, these miracles, these wonders, right? She just, she just hears it and it triggers and turns on her faith. You ever be in a situation so bad that all you have is your faith? Like it doesn't even matter. You, you know, you tried everything. You're at your wits end. You are down so bad that legitimately all you have is just the belief in something you cannot see. You ever feel that way before? Because this is what's happening right now. Immediately, the fountain of blood, of her blood was dried up and she felt it in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Going back to that word dunamis, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but I apologize if I am, <laughs> but dunamis. Again, remember I said dunamis is described as a power, potential, or ability. Now, Jesus was performing all of these signs, these miracles, and these wonders because he had a dunamis power. So it's, 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 it's a powerful type of power okay if you will and so when the woman goes before Jesus and she touches his garment and Jesus responds and said who touches me who touched me the disciples were extremely perplexed because here it is this man in the middle of a crowd and 
everyone's touching you. Everyone's trying to get at you. Everyone's screaming. Everyone's yelling. Everyone wants your time. Everyone wants to talk. And to the disciples, they're like, um, like, Lord, you're, you're, what do you mean? Who touched you? We're in a crowd full of people. I don't get it. Like, what is it? But what the disciples did not understand is what Jesus had felt is that someone had touched him by faith. Let's just let that sink in. Jesus felt that someone touched him by faith. Can you imagine being in a crowd full of people and a lot of people are touching you, but this touch, it felt different. You didn't see who touched you. You didn't get to hear it, but you, he, he felt it. He felt it. And so at the time, like I stated, the disciples had no idea. They were a little perplexed. They probably thought, you know, Jesus was a little crazy. They're like, okay, whatever. And so to continue reading on, picking up on verse 32, and he looked around to see who, to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. This time around when I read that part, I don't know what it was when I was studying this, but I cried. I bawled because here I am struggling with faith. And when you when you are struggling with believing in Jesus, believing in God, believing in who he says he is. He says that I am who I am. He says that I am the great I am, you know, and it's one thing to say it. It's one thing to sing about it. You know, you hear these gospel songs and whatever in the case, but like when you're really going, when you're down bad, I'm not talking about when you're up and everything's good, but I'm talking about when you're down and you're going through the trials and the tribulations of life, right? It's really hard to walk by faith and not by sight. And so here I am struggling completely like with, I know who Jesus is, right? Knowing Jesus and living for him, those are two separate things, okay? Because there's people who don't believe in Jesus and they they know him or, or they've heard his name or, or whatever in the case. So those are two separate things, right? And so I was struggling before I even came across this message and started studying it. I myself, I'm going through it. And this illustration bless the name of the lord it came and i'm like wow wow okay so in a crowd full of people you felt this woman her her faith you felt it it touched you differently it penetrated it hit different and so you know obviously that's when jesus graced earth this story took place when he was here on earth. And now our way of communicating with God is through prayer. And that is why it says faith without works is dead. And so this woman, not only did she have the faith, but she had some power behind it. She had some momentum behind it. She got up and she went to chase her healing. She got up and she went to dive to her blessing. She went Regardless of who said what, she ran to it. She fought for it. And her faith triggered something in Jesus that no one else in the crowd was able to do. And I'm like, wow. Because this is the thing. We get frustrated. You know, a lot of us if you're a prayer warrior and you like to, and you, you, you pray and you're not seeing these prayers come to pass, it's just like, ask yourself is, are my prayers being left and stamped and sealed in faith? Because again, when you don't have faith, you might as well not even pray. You might as well just sit and do absolutely nothing because God honors faith. And it is written that faith without works, it is dead. And so, although Jesus' power is what healed that woman, you know, ultimately by her her faith, 
by her faith, that is what got her not only in the room, but it solidified and stamped her healing. And so it's like when we go before the Lord, it has to always be in faith. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how small it is. It doesn't matter how crazy it sounds. It, it, it does not matter. I like to think, I always say this, Proverbs is the book you read when you need a spiritual whooping, okay? Psalms is the book you read when you want to be patted on the back, rubbed and coddled and held and, and you, you you know what I'm saying. And I'm reading Proverbs one day and I the priest was talking about how there's nothing new under the sun. It's the same thing. God is the same God. He's the same God, God of Moses, God of Isaac, God of Abraham, God of Jacob. God of King David, it's the same God that we're serving today, right now, same God, right? And so it's like, there's nothing new to God. Matter of fact, he knew what you were going to do before you did it. He knows what you're thinking while you're thinking it, before you think it. And so it does not matter what it is. And I'm speaking to myself when I say this, because I myself lack faith. When you go before God, however, it must be in faith because faith moves the hand of God. It triggers that dunamis power. When you're praying, is your prayer being heard differently? I mean, in, in, in that way, in the way where when when that when the woman with the issue of blood, when she touched Jesus, he stopped the show and he said, Who touched me? And I said, Wow, God, I desire to have that kind of faith that when I prayed, like it. It, it, it enters into the gates of heaven and God goes, who is that? And I don't know how it takes place in heaven. This is just me, you know, illustrating my own illustration, I guess, if you will. But if, if, if there is an angel up there, not if, I know there's angels, but, you know, whomever asks on, on my, you know, God, what you mean? Who, who people pray all the time? There's billions of people in this world you've created. What do you mean? Who prayed? Who's, who's that? Who said that? And I, 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 I want that. I want to trigger God's heart. I want to penetrate it. I, I, I want him to be able to hear my prayers and say, who is that? Y'all, I bawled when I read this story this time. And I'm telling you, I've read this story time and time again. But I want for the Lord to stop the show and say, hold on, who was that? Some, no, 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 no. Y'all don't understand. It's different. It's hitting different. Who is that? And immediately, you guys, this woman was healed. So it's like immediately, whatever I'm asking the Lord, it happens immediately. I said, you know what, God, thank you. How good are you to me to give me and bring me this message and to bring me this word? Because, again, I was struggling with faith. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, God, I know you say you're God and I know you say you can do this, but I'm really down bad. And God, I need this and I need it in this amount of time. And I'm struggling and and psychologically, I'm not doing well. And mentally, I'm not really doing well. And God, I'm literally hanging on by a thread, God. And I don't want to be the servant who doubts you, but God... I don't want to say I'm faithful and moving in faith. And that's a bold faced lie because you're the God of truth. You know. And for him to bring me this message, I'm like, wow. So you, what you're saying to me, Lord, is when I come before you, you just want it to be in faith. You just have to believe. What we have to understand, what the children of Israel lacked from the beginning, from the time they were brought to the land flowing with milk and honey, even before they got there, because, you know, they were in the wilderness place before they got there. And then they had to do the 40 days and whatever the case. They lacked faith all the time. At, like it does from the, the when we are first introduced to the 12 tribes of is, is Israel to the point where they were sold into slavery because they just wouldn't keep the commandments. A lot of that stems from and is rooted in being faithless. They had none. Right. After all the things that God had done in the Old Testament, I probably just said New Testament maybe two seconds ago. Excuse me. I meant old. After everything that God had done for them, they still did not believe. And so what God does is he wraps himself in flesh, being Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. And Jesus walks the earth. Jesus it was God in the flesh, if you will, and shows us the way that is done. 
And Jesus fulfills the law. He doesn't, he doesn't switch up anything. The rules didn't change. He just fulfills the law. And while Jesus was here on earth, the one thing that he struggled with the most, he was very just confused and concerned about how the people had no faith. That blew his mind. And you know what? You think I'm lying? I'm not. If we go to um, the New Testament, Mark 6 and 6, Jesus was astonished by those who did not believe. He just couldn't believe it. He just didn't understand it. The whole purpose of Jesus being here was, I can't, there were so many times I'm reading was literally like, you just have to believe. He even says, you won't ever get to the father if you don't go through me first. You have to believe that I am who I say that I am. And the reason there's not a, I am this or I am, it's for you to fill in the blank. He is my provider. He is my healer. He is my savior. He is my father. He is my friend. He is, he is all that he says he is. There is, you fill in the blank. He said, I am who I am. The great I am. In Mark 5, 36, Verses, I'm sorry, chapter five, verse 36, Jesus tells those who were mourning the dead girl not to be afraid. He tells them to believe. You have to understand that throughout the gospels, no matter who was telling the point of view of what happened while Jesus was here on earth, everybody had the same one story and that was to believe. Everyone says this. And again, from the time, from the beginning up until Jesus graced the earth, the problem that the people had was they did not believe and they lacked faith so much, so much so that it made Jesus, he was astonished. Like, are you, are you kidding me? Matthew chapter six, verse 30, Jesus explains why we should not worry. Matthew 14 and 31, Peter was afraid to walk on water. Mind you, Peter asked Jesus, pretty much, I want to do what you're doing. Call me to you. I want to come, right? Not knowing what he's asking because he, he asked for this and we do this. We do this all the time. We will ask for something. One, we're not prepared. Two, we're not ready. And three, most importantly, we have no faith. We ask, we pray amiss. We don't even believe in what we prayed for. And the whole time God is just looking like, what was the point in you even asking me or praying for this? And you don't even believe in what you're praying or asking for. So you, we see here, it's, it's illustrated when Peter asked Jesus to allow him to walk across the water. What he didn't understand is the same as long as you believe that you can walk across this water, Peter, you can walk across this water, but you just have to believe it. It's no magic here. It is by your faith that you will walk across this water just as I. And as we all know, during him trying to do so, he doubted the fact that he could do it and he began to sink because he began to pay attention to the chaos, the waves, the wind, everything happening around him that he sank and Jesus tells him, oh, ye have little faith. Luke chapter 23, verses 42 through 43, the thief on the cross, cross, excuse me, there was two. One of them believed Jesus. The other one did not. But the one that did believe, he asks Jesus to remember him when he goes, when he goes in, um, to, to, to paradise and Jesus assures him that he will be with him in paradise. Why? Because it was at that exact very moment that that man knew this man is who he says he is and he believed in him. In that very moment, he knew Jesus was on the cross for no reason, he, not no reason, but that he was an innocent man. And that he had no business being there with him. He knew him and the other guy deserved to be up there, but he also knew Jesus did not. And it was his faith. I believe it with my whole heart because when God speaks, he does not just speak to speak, but he assured that man, I will remember you and you will be with me in paradise. His faith got him to paradise. This was a thief. So for those of you who are thiefing, whoring, cheating, lying, whatever it is, as long as you have faith in a heart that is of repentance, you yourself still have a chance with Jesus. And don't let anyone ever convince you otherwise. Because that thief on a cross, I, my whole heart with my whole chest, 
made it to heaven solely based off of his faith and his heart posture. And I believe that. And that is not something anybody could ever change my mind on. And then also Matthew 15, 24, 15 and 24, Jesus makes it clear that he was not sent to those who were lost only. So what he's saying was, I wasn't just sent here for the house of Israel. He was sent for those who believe. And as a matter of fact, let me grab my Bible because I want to read it verbatim. Matthew 15 and 24, it reads, but he answered and said, uh oh, sorry, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then he came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take children's bread and throw it to little dogs. I'm going to stop there. I meant to just stop at 25. But Jesus makes it clear that he wasn't just sent for the house of Israel. As a matter of fact, in my opinion, Jesus came because the narrative was, right? God had his chosen people in the Old Testament. He chose his people. Those are his people. You knew not to come against the house of Israel. You knew not to try Jerusalem. Those are God's people. You knew not. But they just mishandled the grace and the mercy. It's the thing. God is a very graceful God. His mercies are great. His grace is great. But grace runs out. And in my opinion, it just got to the point where it's like, no, we're going to do something different. But my word still stands. So the commandments that were in the Old Testament still stand. But Jesus is just here to fulfill the law. He wasn't here to change up anything. He just was here solely to fulfill the law. And he makes it clear right there in Matthew 15 and 24 that he wasn't just for the, the house of Israel, the sheep. He's also here for those who believe. And again, like I said, he says you can't get to the father without going through me first. He says, I am the way. He is the truth. He is the light. Think of him as a narrow door. The path to heaven is extremely narrow and you have to believe in him before you can get anywhere that's a whole different gospel so i mean not gospel it's a whole different message but that really is the point is faith comes by hearing and not by seeing is what i'm learning because when you what you see it'll throw you off course it'll have you all over the place before i was saved before i knew who jesus was i was wherever the wind blew i promise y'all would find me if it blew this way i'm over there if it blew that way i'm over there it did not matter i was not i had no foundation i had no stability i was i was completely airy up in the air whatever it was on the day it just that's what it was but thank god for jesus and praise god for god because now i have a foundation and now i have a safety net and now i understand that I can tell God, I'm t I literally was struggling with faith. He gives me this word. He gives, he just, y'all, the Lord blows my everlasting mind, like for real, on a real level. And that brings me into our next point is that, and I meant, I was mentioning this earlier, is that knowing God and believing in God are two different things. Totally. The Egyptians knew who God was. You got to remember that the Egyptians oppressed the children of Israel. God then remembers the promise that he had given to Abraham. And he goes to make sure that he leads them, you know, with the help of his servant Moses out from under the Egyptians into a land that he promised them flowing with milk and honey that he had promised their fathers. Right. And so the Egyptians, they knew who God was, but it wasn't enough for them to serve them, serve him. It wasn't enough for them to believe in. They had their own little fake foe, little G gods. Right. They served the gods of whatever it was. They didn't believe in the true and living God. Right. Also, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but the M M Amalite, Amalekites, and the Philistines, or the Philistines, I hope it's Philistines, one of those, um, they were enemies to, to towards the children of Israel. But there's plenty of moments in the Old Testament where they wouldn't try the children of Israel because they had seen the work and the hand of God move. And so they knew better at certain times than to try them. The only reason that they would try them is when God would deliver the, the children of Israel into the hands of 
into the hands of their enemies because they were not keeping the commandments um, bestowed before them as God had warned if they did not that these bad things would happen to them. So again, their enemies believed in God or I'm not sorry. They knew who God was and all of these people, they knew God. However, they didn't believe. And so it's like it occurred to me, okay, you can know God. You can say I know God, but it, it is when you reverence God that is different. So that word reverence came up and I'm like, okay, well, here we go, God. Take me there. What, you know, mm -hmm, reverence. Cool. And they knew, again, they knew God enough not to try his people, but not enough to reverence him. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, they too knew God because their fathers knew God, right? But again, they didn't reverence him. When you know God, you don't do whatever you want. You don't act however you want. You don't say whatever you want, no matter how bad you want to. That's the hype today. I'm going to do what I want with who I want, where I want. And can't nobody tell me nothing. Oh, no. But little do you know, that's bad. Oh, no, no, no. You know, there has to be boundaries. In today's time, there are no boundaries. The God that I serve, he's a gentle God, okay? And I say that reverencing him, okay? Like, he's gentle as in he gives us the de desires of our hearts. He gives us a chance to correct ourselves before he has to come in and make that correction, okay? However, he is not to be mocked. He is not to be played with, period. So while you think you're living your best life, if that life is not in reverence of God, his word, his commandments, it's a dangerous game. And I'm not saying this to scare anybody. I'm saying this solely based off of experience. I was that girl who I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to say what I want and nobody can tell me nothing and blah, 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 blah. God will always have the last laugh. He, again, is not to be mocked. And so believing in God, that is where and when you will see, and I'm using this in an analogy, um, kind of a meta metaphorically speaking way, that is when you will see the hand of God move, the mountain move, the, the healings begin to happen, your attitude begins to change. You know, there's hope is literally sown into your heart when destruction and everything around you is falling apart. You know how to stand and be still and know that God is who he says he is because he said, again, I am who I am. And you actually believe in that right? That's where your faith builds because God is who, who, who God loves. He's going to test and try. And I'm learning that. And I'm like, I think I saw a meme the other day and it said, um, God, I am not one of your toughest soldiers. Um, King time out, please. Right. And it just made me laugh. Cause that's me. I'm like, whew. but it's like, he sees something in us that we don't see in ourselves. And it, it is beautiful. And it's like, wow, you believe in me. I like, I desire to get to a place in a space. God knows my heart. I pray, I pray. And even the little secret things that shouldn't be there. He knows it. There is just, it's nothing you can hide from him, right? It is when you believe where you will see real change. One thing that really bothers me about society is everybody likes to talk about anxiety and depression. Um, and that's fine. Like, of course, yeah, let's open the door and yeah, let's have the conversation. But no one has like the answer, a solution. Okay, so yeah, now we're all sitting in the room like I'm depressed. I have anxiety. Uh, okay, so what are we doing with it? And I'm not making this a laughing matter. Of course, I think that you should always, I think everyone should have a therapist personally. I don't, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young black girl. You feel what I'm saying? I can say woman now. I'm about to be 25. I'm young. I'm black. You know, black people, no offense. We really didn't believe in that growing up, right? But I definitely will say I 100% support having a therapist. But on top of having that therapist, you should definitely, I encourage having a relationship, a personal relationship with God, not one that's going to taint your, your view of him right? Not one that somebody's sitting in, and this is going to sound so contradicting because here I am sitting telling y'all about God, um, but not the relationship your parent 
parents have with God or your grandparents have with God or your next door neighbor has with God. You know, it's fine when you hear about God from others. You know, we're supposed to be out evangelizing and preaching, teaching the gospel. But it's when you have your own relationship with him where it hits different. And so with the therapist combined with that relationship, excuse me, it's a really solid, solid foundation. Um, and I just wanted to define the meaning of reverence. It's just a deep respect for someone or of something. It's a verb. So it's regard or it is regard or treat with deep respect. Um, and so when you do believe in God, you work through life by faith. You go through life by faith. I used to be afraid of everything. I used to legit be afraid of the clouds because I... <laughs> y'all stay with me. I'm. I listen, I promise I got a... I legit used to be afraid of the clouds. I promise y'all. And y'all know y'all like, Aaliyah, what? But no, look, I saw a tornado happen right before my eyes one day. And, and like from that moment for that entire year, <laughs> I had to be like 12, 13. I was afraid of the clouds. That's what I'm saying. Something is, is innocent and crazy like that. You know, if had I had the relationship with God that I have now, I wouldn't have been afraid of the clouds. He created the clouds. What you afraid of them for? You feel what I'm saying? Y'all, I, I, I'm telling you, I was the person who wherever the wind blew, I am going. You know, you turn on the news, you see all this bad stuff happening in life. But when you believe that he is who he says he is, it doesn't, it's not that it doesn't bother you, but it doesn't shift your whole entire belief system. Because again, you are walking by faith. It doesn't matter how your kids are acting. You believe by faith. God will see them through. It doesn't matter what your finances look like. You believe by faith that God will see it through. It doesn't matter what your health looks like and what the doctor says to you. You believe by faith that God will see it through. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world around you. Not that you should be. God gave us wisdom now, y'all. He didn't tell us to walk around here like chickens with our heads cut off. However, when you cut on the news, it doesn't make you feel like I need to bolt up my house and I can't go anywhere. We're in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of people have little faith. Now, I'm not saying you can't wear your mask. And I'm not saying not to take certain precautions, but the levels that people are going to because they have no faith. So whatever is told to them, that's what they choose to believe in. And they're running around here terrified. But we've, we in this generation haven't seen it before, but our grandparents have seen something like this before. You know, those that came before us, this isn't the first time that a disease has swept the nation or, or a virus, maybe a virus, but not diseases. Matter of fact, these type of things happen in the Bible. The people that were okay, however, not that everything was perfect, but those that were okay were those who had faith because they believed that God was greater than whatever it is that they were seeing or going through. And that is the point that I am making. In Mark 6 and 6, it says again that Jesus marveled at the unbelief of the people. And I wanted to break that down a little bit. To marvel is to be astonished, a sense of wonder. Like, first of all, this is this is this is this is Jesus, okay? You know, to have him sitting there wondering if he wondered anything ever, okay? It was this. He's looking like, wow. See, when the scales are removed from your eyes and you can actually see the chickens with their heads cut off running around, you're like, whoa. And I get to praising God for God. I'm like, God, thank you. Thank you for sustaining me, for keeping me, for keeping me grounded, for being my anchor, for holding it down. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And the reason I believe personally that Jesus was marveled at the unbelief of the people is because these were people, these were his people. These were the people who proclaimed to know and believe in God. How though? You have no faith and that's us. And I'm telling you, I'm gonna speak for myself. I know Jesus be looking at me sometimes like, Aaliyah, what? And that's why I bless the name of the Lord. I'm so glad that he gave me this message because I said, okay, okay. You, you you gave me an illustration. You, you, you're backing it up and confirming it through scripture. See, when you ask God for something, he will always confirm it. You just got to pay attention. 
And I know a lot of people say, oh, I need a sign. God, I need a sign. I need a sign. And it's like, God, he's not a sign, but he will confirm himself when you ask. I Listen, I'm learning with God. And I know y'all gonna be like, Leah, duh. But like, God really is not to be played with. I'm learning with him that I gotta one, watch what I say, how I say it in the timing that I say it. And, and I have to believe in it if I'm going to say it. You know what's crazy, y'all? We will believe in the worst, right? So we'll say like, give you an example. I really think my hairline is receding on like the for real real. But I told myself, I said, I can't be saying that out loud. So I'm going to start saying that my hairline is going to grow back. Like my edges are going to come back in because, you know, I, y'all, I have said a few things last year that were negative that I'm watching coming to pass right now. And I'm like, wow, if only I spoke goodness into my life right like the power of the tongue is so powerful it and it really is I mean again God spoke this very world into existence I'm like okay yeah noted God you God has the best sense of humor it's so good that you don't even laugh you'd be like okay God is my best friend, y'all. This is how we be talking sometimes. People think you got to have like this very odd, weird religious relationship. Mm -mm. Like I respect God enough not to talk to him crazy, but I really do be having just real conversations with him. Like my edges, I, Jesus, in your name, they will come back. For real. Look, as small as that, I believe that by faith. Y'all, I'm sorry. They going to come back, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> What moves God is believing in him and not knowing him. So I shouldn't say not knowing him, but really what moves him, what amazes him, what he honors is the belief. Again, a lot of people knew Jesus was in the town, but it was when the uh, the woman who had the issue of blood touched him, that moved him. It literally, the dunamis power left him and went into her healing her based off of her faith. Okay. So to know God is one thing, but to believe in him is another thing. And then to live for him, y'all, that's a different, that's a different message for a different day. So believing is faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Over in James chapter 2, verse 17, it tells us faith without works is dead, as I've said a few times. And then that just goes back to the woman of blood. Just look at that illustration and store it up in your heart. When you truly believe in something, and I shouldn't say you, let me put myself in it so it doesn't feel like I'm talking at you guys, but rather we are all in this together. When we truly believe in something, we stand on it. We don't move. We in it. Think about something that you used to believe as a kid that was crazy. Like I said, I used to be afraid of the clouds. I was so afraid of the clouds. I believed in it and I stood on it. And it was nothing that could shake that. Just think of something outlandish, just crazy, just odd, right? The things you believe in, for, and I'm talking about for real, for real. Whatever that is, think of it right now in this moment. No one can shift your thinking. when You, you have to understand that your belief is a system that operates your entire being. If you believe it, that's pretty much how you're going to live, Right? I believe in Jesus. I believe in the word of God. I believe in God the Father. I believe he's coming back. I try daily. I'm not perfect. Matter of fact, without the Lord, I suck. I'm whack. I am raggedy. However, I am saved by grace through faith. I believe in him. That's my belief system. And the goal is to not be shaken from that, right? It's it. Your belief system drives you daily every second of the day knowing knowing Jesus is not the only thing that's going to get me into heaven matter of fact he says that people are going to come to him the day of judgment saying did I not cast out demons in your name and he's going to say depart from me I know you not so knowing him, and again, I'm not saying this to scare anyone. This is just really the reality of things. But knowing him and believing in him, it is two separate, different things. The reason that the Jews did not know Jesus, that, the G that Jesus was the son, that he was the Messiah, 
is because they only knew him. They ain't respect him. Matter of fact, when you know somebody, do you always respect them? Probably not. Matter of fact, like it's like you know a famous person, but what does that mean? You get what I mean? They 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 knew Jesus. Like, oh, okay, that's the guy saying he's the king of the Jews. That's the guy saying he's the Messiah. That's the guy saying he's the son of God. But they, they didn't reverence him. There was no belief there. And that is why they wanted him to be crucified. Lord, help my unbelief. And to anyone listening to this, help their unbelief. Even those who have been in a relationship with you and have had a relationship with you for 20 plus years, never get too comfortable with God to the point where he just becomes somebody you know. Keep us in a space, Lord, where we believe, we reverence you, we stay submitted, we stay committed, we're faithful, we're not perfect, and you know that. You know, even for those who are babes in Christ. They're new. They're new here. Even for those who may not believe in you whatsoever at all, they think this is a whole bunch of just mumbo jumbo craziness. Lord, help our unbelief wherever we are. I pray that you meet us at our very need. I'll leave you guys with that. You have just listened to Shades of J. My name's Aaliyah J. Until next time. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in with me this week. We will return next Wednesday at 8 o'clock p.m. That will be Eastern Standard Time. We do post weekly uploads. You can find Shades of J, the podcast, on Instagram at shades.jay. We hope that you all stop by next week for our next episode. See you then.